Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, skills and techniques to become a better communicator in the workplace. There are those conversations that you sort of fake your way through or phone it in, and then there are those where you're really hearing them. We all can feel the difference when we've been really heard by somebody. They say that laughter is the best medicine. People also will say that lion taming is a good preparation for life as a business leader. Well, what about training that combines the best of both? Our next guest, Mark Chalfant, is the Artistic and Executive Director at Washington Improv Theater. Mark and Witt stood out for us recently with some things they did to help government workers keep a little bit of sanity during the shutdown. We want to talk about that and also how they're helping business leaders develop really significant leadership skills in a very unexpected way. Mark, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. Well, tell us a bit about WIT. Uh, okay, we're a nonprofit here in D.C., and we're basically focused on performing and teaching improv. And that's uh, both, uh, you know, on stage with our performances year-round. We do about 300 shows in classes. We teach about 600, 1,600 students. And then we have a, a big WIT at Work training program where we're taking improv skills into the applied world um, and reaching people in all kinds of businesses. So I think that people who are uninformed perhaps think that improv is all about humor, but yet a lot of what you're doing now is taking the improvisational skill development and taking it into the workplace and business training. How, how do those two parse? Well, I think humor can be important. You know, it's important to have levity when we're working our butts off all the time. Um, if we're always serious all the time, we will grind ourselves into a paste, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's also just about, I think, listening and, and being connected to the real moment that's happening. Uh, and that means connecting with your audience if you're in a speaking situation or with your teammates if you're working collaboratively and really hearing what they're saying and really being able to communicate to them what you're saying. And improv is great at really digging into those communication skills and those observation skills and making people sharper communicators. So I'm a musician and when I perform and I'm playing the guitar and, and the crowd's in it, there's a, a feedback loop, a, a connection that's really distinctive. Is that what you're getting at? Absolutely. And and that feedback loop, you know, that might be just between two people. When you're having a one-on-one -on -one conversation, there, there are those conversations that you sort of fake your way through or phone it in. And then there are those where you're really hearing them. And we all can feel the difference when we've been really heard by somebody and when we've just like had another meeting that felt the same as all the other meetings. So what you're getting at in effect is empathy and the ability to get people to develop empathy in the workplace without them being berated into being empathetic. For sure. And, th and then also the flip side of that is being brave enough to be a little vulnerable and, and expose yourself. Like if, if you are having an issue with somebody, finding a way to address it rather than just bottling it up. Or, or batting it away. Now, when I teach public speaking, uh, one of the statistics that I always share with my students is that most people are more afraid of public speaking than they are of actually dying. And do you find that um, one of the ancillary benefits of uh, improv training is that it really makes people understand that being in front of an audience or speaking with people actually isn't something to be afraid of? Yeah, for sure. A lot of people come to improv specifically to get through that fear. And I, th I think there, there are two things that they're afraid of. One is they are afraid of that audience, the idea of being judged or being seen as like not enough, you know. But then the other thing that they're afraid of is really themselves. They're afraid to really show the, the real experience that they're having. They think that they have to sort of be presenting this perfect, like wrapped up presentation of who they are. And when you get past that and realize that 
people are actually much more interested in seeing your authentic self, like a little bit of warts and all, mm -hmm. um, then you get a little more comfortable, I think, just being yourself in that setting. I completely agree. There's also something else that strikes me about improv um, or any sort of performing. It, it's almost thrilling in a way. Uh, it's, I mean, how how would you describe it? You're a performer, and clearly, Mark, you look in your background, you've a lot of your life is about shaping people's lives with, through humor and, and through these opportunities. What is it about it that that makes it thrilling? I think for the audience, there there is that energy of unpredictability. They know that the performers are up there on a stage and they don't necessarily know what's happening next. So you're sort of watching different layers of the performance. You're, you're watching actors, but you're also watching really playwrights or script writers making choices about a story, about a moment. And so you, you get to see the thrill of everyone on stage as well as everyone in the audience with you experiencing the surprise at the same time. There, there is a sense of danger, I think, because you realize, like, this could fail. And, and in any given moment, you might feel like, ooh, that seemed like a, a bad move. Like, I feel like the scene is deflating now or whatever. And you feel this sort of in your gut. You're not necessarily thinking of it through this cerebral lens. But then the players on stage will find a different way to find agreement. And then you're sort of enjoying it again. It's, it's really tension that's going up and down that is behind so much comedy. And getting that experience with a group of people and knowing that you're the only humans on the planet who are ever going to see this performance because there's no script. It's never going to happen again. There's something really thrilling about that. It's, it's really interesting to me as you describe it. It's the difference between the solitary excitement of, say, downhill skiing or, or parachuting, which can be incredibly exhilarating and thrilling, but is fundamentally a solitary experience. This sounds to me like, again, you're just, you're driving the development of that empathy gene in people. It's a shared thrill. Is it what is, it, it like. is a shared thrill, but it also is a team sport. You know, mm -hmm. to, to extend your metaphor, it's a little bit more like basketball. We frequently say, you know, that we have to we have to rehearse and people ask, well, how can you rehearse if it's improvised? And it's just like a basketball team needs to practice their skills, even though their practice doesn't include the team that they're going to play next Saturday. You know, you, you, you will play that game when that team shows up. So you'll do that show when the audience arrives, but you've got to build your skills and the other shift I would make is instead of it being like basketball, is it's it's more like a game we call Calvin Ball, which is literally a, a game that we play in improv where the people who are playing create the rules of the game as they play it. And so it's about agreeing, but it's also about making new creative choices to keep the game engaged. That must be fascinating to watch. It's a thrill. Yeah. <laughs> well, if I was interested in, in doing this uh, as an individual or have my business, how, how do I come to WIT and, and interact with you guys? Well, our, our website, you know, just Google Washington Improv Theater or find us at witdc.org. Uh, we have a workplace training program called WIT at Work, and we see clients throughout the region and also, you know, other places. We go down to Dallas regularly to work with people at Deloitte. Um, we've worked with some teams at World Bank at some other off-site locations. Um, we're doing workshops like this, you know, weekly, uh, and it's always interesting to see how these ideas intersect with different businesses from banking to, I guess, our longest standing client is Goodwill International. We're a part of their leadership module when they're training new people into their program. Well, I got to tell you, Mark, 
I think this has been really fun. And, and also, as an improv, this interview went really extremely well. We created something that will never be seen or heard again other than online. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Mark Chalfond at WIT. Thank you to the Greater Washington Board of Trade. The Greater Washington Board of Trade represents leading businesses, nonprofit organizations, and academic institutions, and has helped shape the development of our region for over 130 years. Visit boardoftrade.org to learn how a Board of Trade membership can help your organization succeed in this rapidly changing marketplace. Thanks to Auric, an international law firm that focuses on technology, energy, and infrastructure finance. Clients worldwide call on it for forward-looking commercial advice on transactions, litigation, and compliance. Learn more at auric.com. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, online writer Barbara Ulrich, music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time.